This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? How Mystery Science Theater 3000 Saved My Life. Sort of. Mystery Science Theater 3000. My friend Chris introduced me to the show Mystery Science Theater 3000, or MST3K as fans call it, after we became friends in university, way back in 1995. He came over to my apartment with a videotape someone had mailed him from Florida or Missouri, I forget where, and what I saw blew me away. It was funny, it was original, and it was unlike anything I had seen up until that point. Part puppet show, part heckling, part bad movie. Do you have any more of these, I asked? Oh, there's lots more where this came from, he assured me. Believe me, Mike, I calculated the odds of this succeeding versus the odds I was doing something incredibly stupid, and I went ahead anyway. As much as I adored the show, and the show's comic tone, sarcastic but not mean-spirited, over the course of the next few years, Mystery Science Theater 3000 gave me more than just entertainment. It changed my perspective on community. The premise of the show, for those unfamiliar, is pretty straightforward. A human host first creator Joel Hodgson, later Michael J. Nelson, has been trapped in space on the satellite of love by a pair of mad scientists who torture him by screening the worst movies they can find. The human host watches and makes fun of these movies with his robot companions, Tom Servo and Crow Robot. Each 90-minute episode, 120 with commercials, is comprised of a few host segments and the terrible movie. Chris was an active tape trader. The show wasn't easily available in Canada. No one I knew had even heard of this show. Chris used a wide network of associates, trading things from his impressive collection of VHS tapes, Laserdiscs, and later DVDs to get episodes. I still have a banker's box full of season 8 to 10 Mystery Science Theater episodes I inherited from Chris at my office at work. Soon. Word of this weird show spread through the residents of my apartment building, most of whom were also students at Laurier. Later, other students heard or were told about this weird, funny show. Every week, for several years, a group of 20 or more university students would gather in the living room of my two-bedroom apartment to watch Joel or Mike and his robot pals make fun of some of the worst movies ever made. Skydivers Mitchell, and my personal favorite, Manos, the Hands of Fate. Audio footnote, Manos literally means hands, so the actual title of this film is Hands, the Hands of Fate. The only thing you need to know about this piece of celluloid sludge, besides that it is generally cited as one of the worst films ever made, is that it was written and directed by a fertilizer salesperson from Texas. As someone who grew up well before geek was the term of endearment we've all embraced, liking geeky things could be incredibly isolating. In the pre-internet era, there wasn't an easily accessible network of fan communities to join or connect with. There may have been comic conventions in some of the larger urban markets, but they were primarily about 
comics, as the name suggests, although they've grown to mean so much more. I certainly remember being teased because I like science fiction and comic books. I had specific friends who shared interests, but my fandoms were usually limited to one or two friends. I had a couple who really liked Star Wars, a few who liked comics, a few others who liked wrestling, and one who really liked Battle of the Planets. Those groups rarely interacted with each other, and I instinctively believed that they wouldn't get along with each other anyways. But somehow, this low-budget show with puppets and general silliness brought together a wide variety of people. It was my first real experience with a geek community, and it was amazing. It started with people I knew, but soon expanded to include friends of friends and acquaintances. There was no hiding, no awkward explanations about why we liked this show. We were invested, and everyone was welcome. Of course, not everyone embraced the show with geek-level enthusiasm. I'm pretty sure, for example, only Chris and I joined the official Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan club. Audio footnote, I still have my official fan club package, which includes a membership card, a lovely MST3K duotang, and cast photos. At its heart, MST3K had a let's-put-on-a-show vibe, a community effort where everyone gets involved. The essential humor of the show is cooperative and inclusive. Unlike stand-up comedy, where one person tells jokes alone, riffing a film is a group effort. The experience is communal. In watching a film, the three characters would take turns riffing, adding a bit of dialogue, commenting what was seen on the screen, or making an obscure pop culture reference. As I learned more about the show, I discovered just how community-focused the show was. The writers would write the show together, building off each other's best jokes. Actors wrote and worked behind the scenes, creating sets or answering fan club phone calls. Chris actually spoke to Kevin Murphy when he called one time about an order he placed. Writers performed bits and sketches. Reading the closing credits of the show demonstrates just how participatory the show was. A small group of dedicated people could make a Peabody award-winning show with limited resources and a lot of imagination. In those few years at university, I saw how people could connect around a shared love. When the revamped Mystery Science Theater 3000 was announced for Netflix, I started thinking a lot about how important the original show was in shaping how I thought of community and belonging. Without that experience, I don't know if I would continue to identify as a geek, something that's been an important aspect of my identity and has impacted the relationships in various communities I'm a part of now. Understanding the importance of community has been a lifelong lesson for me. Maybe it's my childhood experiences, feeling like I was isolated by the things I liked, but I have always struggled with both a desire to go it alone and a desperate longing to feel part of something. Doing life together is much better than doing life alone. I don't want to overstate the experience of watching MST3K with some university friends as some sort of perfect community, but that experience did offer a glimpse of community that has continued to nudge me. As Christine Pohl observes in Living into Community, Cultivating Practices, researchers have recently discovered the human need to belong and describe various versions of our longing for community, a place where one is known, or at least a group where everyone knows your name. I've been fortunate to find myself 
part of many different communities. Church, work, scholarly, fan communities. Not all of these communities have been easy. Some have been negative. Sharing life is messy. However, each community I've been connected with has a trace of what I loved so much about those MST3K nights back in the late 90s. For me, it required stepping outside my isolationist bubble and finding people with shared interests. The original version of this essay will be reprinted October 2020 in Always Look Up and Other Wisdom I Learned from Geek Culture That Changed My Life, Area of Effect Volume 2, published by Mythos and Inc. Check out mythosinc.com for more details. Update. When this original piece was published in July of 2017 on the geekdomhouse.com website, it kind of blew up. My tweet about the article got picked up by some of the still active MST3K community, both fans and performers of the original and reboot series. Mark Hamill liked that tweet. I got lovely appreciation responses from Bill Corbett, Kevin Murphy, Frank Conniff, and Trace Beaulieu. Jonah Ray, the current host of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and himself a huge fan of the original series, not only retweeted me, he actually followed me on Twitter. He still does. I heard from people who, influenced by the show, have created their own movie riffing clubs, some of which perform in their local areas. I don't think anything I've ever tweeted has gotten the kind of response that did. And for me, it just affirmed the importance of fan communities. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for. Well, it stinks. <laughs>